<sighs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. So the other night we were really excited about this episode. And we totally fucked it up. It was so <laughs> good. It was so good. It had it was raining and thundering and we this had mic- such great sound effects. Oh, we had a great story. Up. It was going so well. And then we finished and it stopped recording. So we talked to ourselves for about an hour and, yeah. and a half. Yeah. Just, just ourselves. Yep. So <laughs> it's fine. No hearts broken, just just ours. Just ours. It's okay. Oh, man. Probably to anybody that's listening that has a podcast of their own, they've they've experienced this. I'm of sure all the great, the amazing episodes that we've recorded that um, just to ourselves. Yeah. They failed. Um, and I'm sure they were amazing episodes. Because ours was. Okay. Um, we are super tired because... Yesterday, we went to Warp Tour, and we tried to record this on Warp Tour Eve, but um, that's when it decided to stop. Yeah. Because it didn't want to hear us anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Got to move on. We can, we can do this one better. It'll be fine. It'll be totally cool. Um, so you're listening to Twisted Sisters Podcast. I'm Kylie. I'm Katie. And we realized in our last episode that we recorded, we did not introduce ourselves properly. So here we are introducing ourselves. Yes. Yes. This is us. Um, we're actually recording on Friday the 13th. Woo. Um, and even though we don't have any Friday the 13th um, stories, we do have something about numbers. Um, today, in honor of the final Vans Warp Tour, um, and just... Music in general. Um, we are going to be talking about the 27 Club. Woo! <laughs> so excited, Kate. I'm so excited. <laughs> My body hurts, but I'm excited. Yes. I could fall asleep on this laptop, but I'm, I'm excited. excited. <laughs> um, so, Kate, have you ever heard of the 27 Club? What is the 27 Club, Kylie? Um, it is a club that famous rock icons join when they die at the age of 27 okay so um kind of kind of explain it to me kylie what is what what do you mean well the there's a lot of different theories about the 27 club but my favorite is the devil signing one the blood pact with satan dun 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 (laughs) please do tell okay so um very famous rock icons um jimi hendrix janis joplin um kurt cobain and and so many others um die at the age of 27 and people think that it's because they signed a deal with the devil to become these famous icons, to become these incredible musicians. And by the age of 27, the devil and his hellhounds come to collect. As seen in Supernatural. Yes. Uh, the hellhound. And, yes. Collecting souls. 
collecting your soul is seen in supernatural i don't think they have a 27 episode but they should it's very good um there are comic books about this i really i have a comic book about it i love it it's called 27 um and it just kind of like shows like the history um and it actually shows the first member of the 27 club um i really love the lore behind this mm -hmm. it's all super it's really dark and um it's just really interesting um there's there's other conspiracies like about the government and other things but i like to focus on this one because it seems kind of i guess it seems the most plausible out of all of them <laughs> oh yeah out of the uh, government conspiracies the one about the devil sounds most plausible to you yeah. Oh, okay. I feel like that's the most realistic. Okay. I don't know. I just I be <laughs> I believe in the supernatural more than I like I don't know. Cuz the ones about the government they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to go get this person to murder them." And I love I love all of them. I like conspiracies and supernatural. They're they're so. pretty great. They're pretty great actually. Yes. Um so Yeah. And there, there were two. There were at least two members that were found dead at twenty-seven with white lighters in their pockets, and so that that leads to more of <clears throat> my own, like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Um. So I guess we're gonna talk about like our first member, um, Robert Johnson. He joined in nineteen thirty-eight because he died at the age of twenty-seven. Robert Johnson was an African American bluesman. He was born and raised in Hazelhurst. Mississippi and grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. He tried to mimic a popular musician in his town, but failed at it because he simply was not born with the musical skill on the guitar. He really wanted to be famous and good at playing the guitar like his role model, Son House. And he says somebody answered that request. Late in life, Son House remembered Johnson as a boy who had followed him around and tried very unsuccessfully to copy him. He then left the Robinsonville area but later reappeared after a few months with the miraculous guitar technique. His boast is entirely credible. Robert Johnson sounded primal, sang with lived passion about dark meetings at crossroads, love in vain, and hellhounds on his trail, and died from poisoning under strange circumstances. The legend went that Johnson, not blessed with guitar talent when he first began playing professionally, yearned for overnight success that would put him in league with the other guitarists on the circuit. One night, he heard a voice that told him to visit the crossroads by Dockery's plantation at midnight. There he was met by a large black man who apparently was the devil in disguise. The big man took the guitar from Johnson, turned it, tuned it, and returned it to him. So part of the lore um, of signing a deal with the devil um, is the crossroads demon, again, as seen in Supernatural. Um, you come to a crossroads and you bury a box um, I'm not entirely sure what has to be in that box. I can't, I can't remember. I think it's like a couple of like personal items, Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not 100% on that. I don't remember. You're right. I think it was a couple personal items, but I don't know like what specifically. Yeah. Or, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think the show demonstrates that. I, I think, think Dean so. like put like CDs or something in there. Yeah. But, I think so. um, so yeah, that's part of it. Um, Johnson was giving mastery of the guitar was given mastery of the guitar and the devil gave him back his guitar in return for his soul. In exchange, Robert Johnson became able to play, sing and create the greatest blues anyone had ever heard. 
Johnson's improvement on his instrument was swift and amazing, although historically it took him about a year to become great. He earned the instant recognition of big-name guitarists like Sun House, who championed his cause. However, Johnson was tormented in his dreams by visions of the devil and hellhounds on his trail. In his waking hours, Johnson played the role of a bluesman hero, chasing women, drinking, and behaving arrogantly. In 1938, during a show, he was poisoned, possibly by a jealous husband of a woman he had been putting moves on. The poison had him foaming at the mouth and talking babble, and he died within days. He wrote songs about his experience with the devil with such titles as Hellhound on My Trail, which utilizes another common thing, fear of the devil. Six of Johnson's blues songs mention the devil or some form of the supernatural. In Me and the Devil, he began, Early this morning when you knocked upon my door, early this morning, mm, when you knocked upon my door, and I said, Hello, Satan, I believe it's time to go, before leading into... You may bury my body down by the highway side. You may bury my body mm, down by the highway side. So my old evil spirit can catch a greyhound bus and ride. His last words allegedly were, I pray that my redeemer will come and take me from my grave. And he died at the age of 27. So that's our first, that is our first member. Um, And the comic book 27, it does cover that in like the first chapter. Um, and it's really interesting to me. So, um, even though he was the first one to die, um, he is not the only one that is thought to have been murdered. Um, we're going to go into, um, who's our next victim? Well, the whole thing about Kurt Cobain being murdered and Mm. and all of that. Um, I thought that was later. I thought. Jimi Hendrix was next in our... Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying we're going into that oh, yes. later. He, yes. he a, a majority of them, though, um, are drug overdoses and potential suicides. But um, he was the one that um, was for sure murdered. So he's our first yep. victim. Um, many years later, the 27 Club claimed a new member and the world lost an icon. On September 18th of 1970, Jimi Hendrix was found dead of an unfortunate combination of barbiturates and alcohol and died of asphyxiation from his own vomit. Um, He was 27 and was living with his longtime girlfriend in their flat in London. Jimi was known for his incredible and unique guitar stylings. He was born November 27th, 1942 in Seattle, Washington. Yeah, if if you don't know who Jimi Hendrix is, stop this podcast right now. (laughs) Look it up. Come on. Go get yourself cultured a little bit. Purple Haze, All Along the Watchtower, his rendition of... Oh, jeez. What? I, I don't the know folk Amer- songs. The, the America theme song. <laughs> the America theme song. The America theme song. Like it, that could be like another, another thing. Um, Nazi Hitler's and... Several hundred. Several... Several lots of several lots of several yeah several lots I think it was several lots of Nazi Hitler's America song (laughs) and we started a new thing where just like now it's called tangent time do do, go off tangent time where we go off and talk about things that have nothing to do with other things yes and we'll we'll make up a theme and you guys don't have to listen to us go off on a tangent but you know you (laughs) want to listen to it you know all right. Um, I 
don't think I talked about Jimi Hendrix's birth, or did I? Did I say that already? Nope, no, yeah. You, we were just going into Jimi Hendrix. Okay. He was living with his longtime girlfriend. Um, he was born on November 27th, 1942, in Seattle, Washington. Um, also later connected to somebody else in the 27 Club. I keep giving mm-hmm. hints, but we'll talk about him later. Um, yeah, Jimi Hendrix was incredible. Um, I, if you've ever been to Seattle, Washington, um, you would have had to have gone to the EMP museum. And if you haven't, um, go there right now, like stop this podcast and go there right now. Um, (laughs) because it's amazing. It's, if you love rock music, um, go to the EMP museum. They have so many cool things. They have, um, Jimi Hendrix's guitar. They have so many things from his childhood in that museum and they have a journal that you can read through. Um, and the thing I remember reading out of the journal was he talked about getting high and hooking up with the girl named Bootsy. 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 Like Bootsy. Like I booty think, call. Yeah. I think that's where booty call originated from. I like, I really like that. Bootsy theory. call. It's a Bootsy call. But it was later put to booty call. Yeah. Bootsy. Bootsy. Booty call. <laughs> yeah. Poor Jimmy. Um, people have, it's also worth mentioning that people have gone to his grave and tried contacting him. Um, but I I think he's at rest there. There's no evidence that he has, um, risen from the grave or anything. Um, there was, there were rumors of, I'm not entirely sure where they put this statue seems to be like in an unrelated city. Cause I don't think it's in London and I don't think it's in Washington. Hmm. Um, but there's a statue of Jimi Hendrix and people say that, um, they can hear his music in the night. And <laughs> yeah, his guitar playings. But I, I think that's probably unlikely. They said that it was a hoax. So, well, if like, um, if the devil has your soul, you're not going to be uh, wandering around much. Oh, true. But alas, we do have other ghost stories. We have other ghost stories from these other members. So you never know. Maybe they're running from the devil. <gasps> oh, my know. God. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we sound so tired, Kate. So bad. <sighs> it's not as bad as the other night. You're At right. Midnight. All right. Anyways, moving on. Um, I would hate to be a psychedelic rock fan during this period of time because shortly after. Not even a month. Not even a month. Only within three weeks, another psychedelic rock icon had passed and joined him in the 27 Club. On October 4th, 1970, Janis Joplin died of a heroin overdose and a complication from alcohol abuse. Um, she was born on, that sounds really weird, but heroin overdose and alcohol abuse. Um, mm. I think it was like a combination. Maybe um, she took heroin and then chased it with Yeah, vodka? alcohol. I well, I mean, she was, she was heavy. I think it was that she like died from heart failure, but she was also like overdosing on heroin and mm. like her body couldn't keep up with, like the drugs in her body. I don't know. Well, yeah, usually that's what happens. Yeah. 
But I just mean like especially because she oh, had okay. she had <laughs> signs of like really heavy alcohol abuse. Mm. Um, so that probably didn't help her a lot. Mm. So the main one is heroin overdose, but her <laughs> body was very heavily abused by alcohol. Uh, she was born on January 19th, 1943 in Port Arthur, Texas. Um, she was famous for her soul full voice. Um, I, I can't believe, like, I know she was in the 27 club, but like every time I hear her, I don't think of her as being 27. I think of her as being like much 52. older. Yeah. She sounds like she's much older and just... Hold on one second. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just had to check a button. I just wanted to make sure that we weren't on mute because knowing our luck, we would just be <laughs> muted. At that point, this, I would have just given up. This whole time just being, yeah, I think we're okay. I think um, so. okay. <laughs> oh, don't scare me like that. I'm sorry. Sorry, Kate. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, but her voice makes her seem like she's so much older, but she was only 27 years old. Um, and if you don't know who Janis Joplin is, you have to go look her up, too. Um, Again, stop this now. <laughs> Break a piece of my heart now, baby. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. <sighs> I'm not her, okay, obviously. Um, but, yeah, she was a leading lady in rock. She really was cutting edge. Um, there still aren't very m many women in the music industry being recognized, but, um, and I think there's not as many in the industry as there could be. I think we need to take it over more. Um, and I feel like we're often discouraged and we need to get it together, ladies. Fuck the patriarchy. Yeah. But she, she was especially a leading lady. Um, she proved that she could hang with the boys. And I think many people were extremely impressed by her and were like, well, yeah. gee, can't say anything about Janice because holy shit, she'll probably kick your ass, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Talent-wise mm -hmm. and in real life. Um, yeah. Only three weeks later. Three weeks later. Um... And they both, both her and Jimmy, played Woodstock, I think, multiple times. Man. And were world famous and icons before their deaths. Um, but only a year later, again, it would suck to be a psychedelic rock fan. Like, horrible, horrible, horrible. Just yeah. the worst time. It's kind of like a couple years ago when all of those, when all of our other rock icons were dying. Yeah. David Bowie Ugh. and Prince <laughs> and just, oh, okay, I, 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 I hit a nerve. She really loves David Bowie. <laughs> you hit a nerve. I'm sorry, Kate. He was great. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, just keep going. Yeah, but yeah. I mean like three major icons within a year. Um, they come in threes. Died. Yeah, they do come in threes. And here we go with another three. July 3rd, 1971. Yes, then, yet, 
Less than a year later, Jim Morrison of The Doors had left the world and joined the 27 Club. His death has so many different rumors, they say. Um, He was murdered, um, that he had snorted heroin and thinking it was cocaine and he overdosed. Um, But the most well-known is he passed in a bathtub in Paris, France, of a heroin overdose from an injection. Um, and he was well known to love Paris. That was, that was one of his favorite cities. Um, and he was also with his girlfriend when he died. Um, he is now buried in the Paris cemetery among many other famous artists and musicians. Um, the Paris cemetery is one of those places that are entirely overflowing and um, like the catacombs in Paris are a big thing. And um, just so many different spooky things in Paris. Paris is a spooky city, but mm-hmm. he is buried there um, in his favorite city In his favorite city. And he has a really beautiful headstone there. Um, so many cool people are <laughs> buried in Paris. Um, and he is one of them. And we're going to go into the ghost story about Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. And we're going to post this photo. This is incredible. Um, in 1997, rock historian Brett Meisner took a picture in front of Jim Morrison's grave at, I'm totally going to butcher this, Perry Lachey. Lachey? I'm going to go with Lachey. Yeah, Lachey. Maybe. I don't know. L-A-C-H-A-I-S-E. The A-I-S-E, I think, is a Lachey. I, I didn't take French. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cemetery in Paris. <laughs> it was not until 2002 that he noticed a figure standing behind him. Jim Morrison? Question mark? The ghost photo has been deemed unexplainable by researchers. And I want to know what you guys think on our Instagram. We're going to post this. It's it's really crazy um, because it's very clearly a shirtless man with his arms spread. And you can see pants and you can see like kind of dark, darker, curly hair. Um, I don't know how that could be any like trick of the light like there it. I'm just so... It's just his iconic pose. It is totally his iconic pose. When you type in Jim Morrison, this is is what comes up. Yeah. It's just him standing in this... His poster with his arms... Out. Outstretched and his legs crossed. Yeah. It's crazy. But I think it's in like a different... And I, I don't think it's Photoshop either because I don't think that's like the exact pose... Like I think his it's arms, similar, though. yeah, it's very similar, but I don't think it's the exact thing. Like I don't yeah. think somebody could have like taken that poster and then like put it in there. <clears throat> Plus, in two thousand two, Photoshop wasn't as good as it is now. It really wasn't, and this looks very legitimate. It's crazy looking. Um, Meisner says that he regrets visiting the cemetery because things have been weird ever since. After the picture was taken, his marriage fell apart and his friend died of an overdose. 
He's also been approached by people who claim to be haunted by Morrison. At first, it was sort of interesting to see how many people felt a spiritual bond with Jim in the photo, but now the whole vibe seems negative. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that he would have a friend die from an overdose, but at the same time... Well, I guess in 2002, it wasn't as much of a problem, but nowadays... Um, nowadays. Heroin is so rampant. Again. Again. Yeah, it used to be huge back in the 70s, but... Oh, yeah, again. I thought you were, you were, that was like a precursor. Again. Oh, no. No. <gasps> da, 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 da. Like, again. Like, <laughs> I, nah, it is again, it. yeah. It was really big in the 70s, obviously. Um, yeah, we're going to post that photo. It's, it's creepy. It's so creepy, and it looks very real. I think it's real. Um, let's see. Who's the next victim? I, I do think believe. Yep, I think so. It is our dear friend, <sighs> Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. All right. So, poor, sad Kurt Cobain. <sighs> yeah. And I mean, like, this this is like a whole can of worms in itself. Um, just incredible. Um, let's see. There it is. April 8th, 1994. Kurt Cobain was found dead in his Lake Washington home by, by an electrician. Um, oh, God. He had been dead for three days. The coroner's report estimated Cobain's time of death to be around April 5th from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Um, obviously, controversy still swirls around the death of Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain. There are just so many things that we could say about Kurt Cobain. Um, first off, I, I want to... I, I feel really bad for Francis. Um she's Kurt and Courtney's daughter, um, who is an adult now. And there, there's just no way that she wins. She is a victim in, in all of this and, in, in either situation. Um, a lot of people, if you haven't already heard <laughs> about the alleged murder of Kurt Cobain, but a lot of people believe that Courtney killed him and, I will say I totally think that Courtney Love is a little crazy. I I a don't crazy. Yeah, I don't think you couldn't say that. They were both very fueled by drugs and by alcohol and entirely messy people. Um probably both really riddled with mental health as well. Um mm -hmm. I think the documentary explains all of his mental health issues and yeah. Yeah. Montage of heck, I think really goes into his depression and, and things. So it really honestly could have been a suicide and people are accusing her of doing it, um, which is horrible. And then there's what if her mom really did do it and she has to live with that as well. Mm -hmm. So really in no, in this situation, like she, she can't win. It's, it's horrible. She's lost her father 
And in either case, you know, she still has her mom. Um, and I just, I really feel for her. Um, that being said, his death is, it's really unusual. Um, not too many people kill themselves with a shotgun. Um, it's just kind of impractical. It's extremely impractical. It's They're big. very large. Um, it, a lot of, I, I watched a documentary on it and I don't know if any of that documentary is true, but based on the evidence in that, um, the way that the gun was laying wasn't correct. Um, after he would have shot himself, it would have fallen in a, in a certain way and it didn't. Um, the bullet casing was also like flown out in a, in a weird direction. Um, I think it would have been the opposite direction as to where it should have naturally come out. Um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of different things, but it also could have just been like, well, that's just how it happened. He was, he was locked inside the room, which I find really weird. But um, yeah. I guess those doors you could also lock from the outside and pull them closed. Um, it's just really, really interesting. It's a weird case all around. Yes. Nothing about it really makes sense. It doesn't make sense. And it really could have just been a suicide and all these things that led up to it are very weird. Um, and it just looks really circumstantial. And, you know, but it's just so fishy that it, it has to make you question, like, did this really, is that really his handwriting? Like the handwriting's weird. The, just so many things about it were really weird. And they were getting a divorce at the time. And so that could have been, you know, motive. Like maybe she hated him and just wanted him dead or, you know, just so many mysteries around this whole thing. Yeah. Um, another thing that I forgot to mention was I, I believe off the top of my head, um, Janice Joplin was found with a white lighter in her pocket when she died. And Kurt was also found with a white lighter in his pocket, which just kind of adds to my like, Ooh, the 27 club. Like it's, if it's the devil, yeah. It, if you know, she was found with a lighter. If, if he was being, if he knew that he was being taken by these hellhounds, you know, and the devil staged it to look like a suicide or a murder or whatever. And I mean, like in a way the devil wants people to suffer. And so maybe he was like, well, this will really fuck up his daughter. So let's make it look like he was murdered and it could have been a suicide. Let's see. Let's see how the, let's see how the dice rolls out. on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I actually believe in that, but it's it's definitely kind of more fun to believe, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that there's this club and you can do that. I mean, there's just so many people on the 27 Club. It's I mean, a it's, really weird coincidence. It, like, there's, like, what? Like, 30 different names on the list? There really are 30 different names, but there are, like, only a five or six ones. main icons that are on the list. And it's just, it's too weird to be... Kurt Cobain definitely is one of them. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I've always found weird was um, that his friends from Nirvana, um, Dave Grohl, the drummer, um, he hated Courtney. 
like he absolutely hated her. And like, I, I think for a period of time, like he was like, oh, she fucking did it. And like only a couple of years ago, did they kind of settle their differences and we're like, okay, like it's been about 20 years now. I guess we can be okay. Yeah. I guess we're okay. Um, yeah. Just let Just, us let us know what you think. What do you what are your theories on what happened? Kate, what do you think happened? Personally, I'd like to think that it's maybe a serial killer. <laughs> oh my god, this again. <laughs> this again, because I really I really want this to be true or a thing. I mean you could write a book about it. Maybe people would read it. Maybe I will. My thought is that maybe a serial killer has killed Janis Joplin and like he leaves the lighter as his signature. And then 20 years later, it's possible. I mean, if he started killing people at 30, he would only be 50. And you can still be physically fit at 50. Um, um, and then he killed Kurt Cobain and left it the uh, white pocket. lighter in his pocket. It's possible. Or, like, if it's, like, a school of assassins. And that's <laughs> that has to be their signature, like, when they kill someone. But why only those two? It doesn't mean there's not more. It's just not... But why what, Why would they only take out two famous people? doesn't mean they haven't taken out more. I mean, there could be several dead, like maybe Marilyn Monroe is on the list. Maybe she was found with a white lighter, but it's not like a huge thing. That like, would have been like several, I think that was several years before. But that could still be part of the school of assassins. I don't think there was a white lighter there, Kate. You could have like one of those fancy <laughs> silver ones and it has like a white like stripe or something on it. Like it's not that far out. <laughs> like come on she really <laughs> loves this she's she's fully into this i mean this you her. never know like you don't know like maybe there's a lot of like politicians that have been found dead and they like it looks like a suicide but then they're like found with a white lighter and they're the police are like no that's that's like not something new <laughs> like you never know what if it is what if it's a school of assassins? See, I, I have personally actually bought a white lighter just because I was like, ooh, 27 Club. <laughs> <laughs> See? And if you would have been found with the white lighter like dead, I would have been like, oh my god, assassinated? <laughs> when in reality, you're just like, oh, neat, white lighter. <laughs> I mean, but so going with like what I want to believe, <laughs> the, you know, the whole devil thing and being taken by hellhounds if he knew that this was a club and he had, you know like the devil had told him like hey this is who i've like made famous before like and i'm gonna collect you at age 27 and you'll be part of this club um if he knew that that was coming and he knew that she died with a white lighter wouldn't you want to be able to say like hey i think the devil is gonna do something fishy about my death. Like he's going to make it look really suspicious and people are going to accuse my ex-wife and like all these things. Why wouldn't you have a white lighter in your pocket? Like, that's kind of like what I think is maybe like, he was like, well, I'm going to be collected. People need to know. And he also like really famously hated being famous. So my thing is, is like maybe he sold his soul to the devil thinking that this was it. Like this will finally make me happy. Like this is what I really want. And then he got it. And 
it's like one of those situations, like, be careful what you wish for. So if he wanted the world to subtly know, because if, if it was super obvious, then the devil wouldn't let him. Mm-hmm. But if he could send a message to people, like, don't join this club, you'll, you know, fame isn't everything. And that, you know, my wife didn't kill me and it wasn't a suicide, like... Just know this is what happened. Yeah. That would be a way to do it. That would be a subtle way to do that. And I just put the pieces together. Everybody listen. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. But <laughs> it's definitely, I think it's probably just a coincidence, but. It's interesting um, to think about. It's interesting to think about and it's fun to, it's fun to believe, you know? Yeah. It's like he tried to outsmart the devil. And maybe he did. Who knows? Maybe that's how it is. I don't know. But in any case, I really feel for Frances. And she also, along with, like, the murder theory, recently there has been news that um, she and her husband just got a divorce. And he, like an asshole, will not give back her dad's guitar apparently like she gifted it to him as a wedding present or something and he won't give it back to her which i just think is like the worst thing in the world like give her her fucking guitar and like move on with your life it's her dad's like she didn't even know i'm like that's her only piece of you know of him yeah that that really meant something to her so fucking give it back you asshole but he (laughs) claims that um, Courtney, because he won't give it back, that Courtney has hired somebody to come and kill him, which is really interesting because people think that Courtney herself didn't do it. She was in L.A. at the time, so it would have been impossible, um, and that she hired somebody to do it. So mm-hmm. going, yeah, with that theory and if the allegations about her trying to kill her ex-son-in-law are true, then maybe she really did kill Kurt. Indirectly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you can still go to prison for murder if you hire someone to well, yeah, I kill know. Like, your... she didn't actually do it. But right. She, yeah. I, I still think it would, it's considered murder. I, yeah, I think it is. Um, but maybe if he would have, Francis Bean's, ex-husband would have ended up dead maybe he would have had a white lighter in his pocket <gasps> oh my god <laughs> so maybe courtney hired the assassins that you think of kate maybe <gasps> oh my god maybe you never know my god oh my making god. connections lots of connections that aren't there yeah. we're we're <laughs> i feel like we're in a beautiful mind <laughs> you haven't seen that movie yeah, it's so good. You got to go watch it. But we have like a, a thing, yeah, a board on our wall, and there's red string, and it's it's all this connects to this, and then this, <laughs> this connects here. to this, and there's nothing like there's it's just nothing. a bunch of random newspaper clippings and a, just like a a shapes of <laughs> string. It's beautiful, <laughs> and it just says Courtney loved it. <laughs> Just in big red letters <laughs> out of the string. <gasps> I think it's saying something to me. <laughs> wow. 
no, I, I, I really don't know if she did it. And I, I really hate to accuse people if they're not guilty, but oh, it's so interesting that like he's come forward and said that. And it really could have just been like, oh, well, I hate my mother-in-law. I always have like, fuck them. He seems yeah. like an asshole. So really maybe that's what it's he's doing. Probably, but, yeah. but if they, if they do find her guilty in this case, like he's trying to sue her if you know, if there is criminal evidence that that is true, like maybe we will find out like really what happened. It it settles everything. It could settle everything. I mean, if they find her guilty, I would imagine that the world would just be like, well, she fucking did do it. Well, I mean, like for Kurt, for Kurt Cobain, maybe, but like if she's found guilty for, if she's found guilty for her ex-son-in-law, then Maybe for Kurt. Well, but I think, like, hiring somebody, do you know what I mean? Like, if you've done that before, it it just looks very likely that she did that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she actually did it for Kurt. But if she's found guilty for her son-in-law, then yeah, okay, maybe for Kurt. But that doesn't mean she did it. Yeah... Oh, you mean you're saying that if she's not, like, if she's found guilty for of one, this? For one, it doesn't mean she was for Oh, the last that's what one. I thought you were saying. Yeah. I think that's so likely, though. I think we it can could be, but, jump to assumptions on that one. But maybe, like, it was just, like, implanted into her head. Like, the idea. Like, oh, well, people already think I did it once, so. Maybe. That, too. Okay, mm-hmm. you're kind of right, Kate. You're right, you're right, you're right. Okay. <laughs> But we might be closer to the truth is what I'm saying is if yeah. if he if she's found guilty in this one it could like, mean she it maybe could, did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we could finally maybe find some answers on that. Yeah. Um let me make sure that we're still we're still recording. Yay. <laughs> um let's see. Wow. Is it really jump all the mm-hmm. way? Okay. Um well, there's a huge list, but... There's is... a huge list, but another icon. Oh, wait. You know what? We forgot the ghost stories about Kurt. We'll pull it up. The spooky stories. Can't forget that. Can't forget that. All right. So... And it goes a little something like this. <laughs> I think that was Aaron Carter that said that. By I the way. don't Careful. remember that. It was, it was beautiful, you know, back in the day. Anyway. All right. So I guess we're going to start with um, this is this is a team murder versus team suicide. Um, people that think Courtney Love did it or that he was murdered by somebody else. He could have been murdered by someone else. All right. Yeah, that's true. Um, Robbery gone wrong. You never know. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Um, so John Perky is a friend of Kurt Cobain's mm-hmm. um, and he's come out recently saying that he had a paranormal experience that told him that Kurt was going to be murdered. Several months before he was actually months going before. before he was actually murdered. He died in April of 94. Um, and he says that this happened November 5th of 93. 
um, John was friends with him and provided material for the film Kurt Cobain Montage of Heck. And he's mentioned in Heavier Than Heaven and other Kurt Cobain books. Um, he has opened up by saying he understands that people don't believe this story and think he's losing his mind. He says it's even rare for him to believe things that can't be proven in regards to paranormal experiences. And this is what he's quoted as saying. Regarding an incident that has to do with Kurt, this happened. I remember the day, the exact day, actually. It was November 5th, 1993. I was sitting in my room, okay? First of all, a little bit of history here. This house that I lived in was haunted, in a sense. I had some weird things happen to me, for sure. Something was going on in the laundry room, and there was nobody in there. Stuff was happening in there. And I could peek through the paneling in between my room and the laundry room, and there was nobody in there at all. The washing machine was almost turning on by itself. The record player turned on by itself. Anyways, so this house, there was weird stuff going on there. I wanted to tell you that because it all kind of makes sense when I tell you what happened. So I'm sitting there in the downstairs room, which is where stuff was going on in most of the house. I hear this voice. I guess they call it a disembodied voice or something. It was kind of like right in my ear. It said, Kurt is going to be murdered. You need to go see him. I don't know what to say, man. I really believed it. I was 24 and 93 in good health. I didn't even really drink that much. <laughs> I probably smoked cigarettes, smoked a little bit of weed, but that wasn't something that wasn't just something that happened to me hearing things in my head or whatever. But I'll tell you what, I know what I heard and it freaked me out big time. I really thought that I had to see Kurt. I really didn't know what to do anyway. So time goes on and it's really kind of freaking me out thinking about that incident Nirvana was playing in Salem, Oregon with the Melvins and the Breeders. I brought out a friend, Sherry, a friend, Janie, which is who I had told this incident happened, which is who I told I had this incident. What? Mm. <laughs> he told another, these ladies this. They, yeah, he told them this. Um, and then another kind of girlfriend, Angie. I don't know where she is these days. Anyways, Sherry drove us down there from Tacoma. We got down there. I find Chris of Chris Nav Nav Navaselic? Chris Navaselic. And it's spelled with a T as well. So Christ. Christ. Yeah. Christ. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, puts us all on the list and gives me backstage pass. The whole show happens. I end up going backstage earlier and Kurt wasn't around. So I just watched the show, waited until afterwards, and my backstage pass was gone and I don't know what happened to it. So I do end up getting back there. I talked to one of the dudes, like, watching the back gate, and they went, back and asked Kurt if John could come back and say hi or whatever. And Kurt was like, yeah. So I went back there and I got to hang out with Kurt for probably about an hour. Of course, I didn't say anything to him about what happened to me. And I really wanted to say something like, hey, man, just be careful. But I didn't. While we were sitting back there, somebody wanted a guitar signed and he was going to sign it and give it back. Somebody gave him a bunch of pictures of Francis Farmer. I remember Francis Bean was there. She was really little and she was eating macaroni and cheese. My three friends came in, the security people let them in, so they hung out for a little while. At some point, I talked to Kurt. I wanted to get back in touch with him. He was like, yeah, definitely. He asked where I lived, and I lived in a closet at that point, actually. It was a closet big enough for a smaller mattress and a few things. I remember him saying something like, hey, want to trade? I was like, I laughed. And anyways, he gave me a couple of phone numbers to reach him. I'm pretty sure one number was for the house by Lake Washington, and one number was for a guy named Michael, who was like a manager or whatever. Kurt said, you could try calling him and getting my new number. It sounded like he was moving to Carnation. That's what he told me. He was going to be living in Carnation. Anyways, Kurt gave, 
gave me these numbers and wants me to keep in contact legitimately. So that was it. And I don't, and I remember when I was leaving feeling like it was the last time I was ever going to see him. I don't know. It was pretty emotional. He mentioned that he did try to call and nobody ever answered the house number. He ended the video by saying he knew it sounded like a pretty far out story, but that it's the truth. Um, you can like go and watch this video. Just look it up online. Um, if, if that is true, um, that's really crazy. I, I have had a couple life experiences where I've actually had dreams of these things happening, um, of things happening. And then they do, um, not necessarily about anybody's death, but just like about big life events. Deja vu or premonitions. Yeah. Just total premonitions just right before they're about to happen. Um, in high school, I had a nightmare of my boyfriend at the time making out with some girl who was really short and had black hair. And I didn't know anybody that fit that description. And then like two months later, he actually like, we broke up because he cheated on me with the short girl with black hair. So, I mean, that one definitely came to pass. And then there was another time where um, I got let go from a job and only a couple days before um, I had a premonition that I got fired. I was like, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. And a couple of days went by and, and it did happen. So I, I believe that people can have premonitions about things like that. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about somebody telling him things, but you never know. Yeah. I think it definitely, I think it definitely happens. Wait. What? What if the devil, what if it was the devil? Trying to warn, but why would the devil? Because he knew he wasn't going to say anything. But to torment him. Yeah. Mm. To torment him and to make it seem like Courtney, to basically make hell for everybody that lived around Kurt Mm. and Courtney. Because if, you know, like... That would make sense. Yeah, if he took him... Just to cause chaos. Yeah. Hmm. And just to add to, like, oh, I'm going to make this look like a murder. Like, somebody... People are going to take that and, like, run with it. So I'm going to just cause all this hell for all these people. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, it's really Hmm. interesting when you think about that. That is an excellent one. Yeah. So maybe... Maybe the 27 Club is real, y'all. I mean, it's it's real in oh that all these God. people really did die at 27, but... Hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they really did sign deals with the devil. Hmm. Fun to believe. Yeah, it is. Who's next or not 27 Club? Um... Well, popular ones. There's a yes. big one list. Yes. Um, it was almost 20 years later. Only about seven years ago? Yes, seven years ago. Um, back across the pond where Jimi Hendrix died in London, mm-hmm. Amy Winehouse was found dead on July 23rd, 2011, and would later be revealed to have died of an alcohol overdose. At the time of her death, Winehouse's blood alcohol content was 0.416, far beyond any legal or recommended limits. 
Um, she was very well known for her troubles with drugs and alcohol. <laughs> Trying to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. And now I have to pay the White House estate like fifty dollars. <laughs> no, it was it was fine. It was less than <laughs> thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, I'm a really big fan of Amy Winehouse. I adore her. Um, I didn't become a fan until after her death because that wasn't really age appropriate music for yeah, somebody right. my age yeah, <laughs> at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. Probably not really good at that impressionable age. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a good, but I have become quite a fan of her amazing voice and you know, the stories that she tells in her songs. She was definitely talented. Oh my God. She was incredibly talented. And there, there's that whole like British connection that I feel with her as well. Um, yeah. My family's from England. My grandmother was born there. My aunt was born there. Um, so I just like really feel like a kind of like homely like connection, home connection to her. Hmm. Um, I definitely listened to her music a lot um, while I was in London. I had all well, like of course you've yeah. you got to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it's adore her. She was incredible. Um, but she was, she was taken at the age of 27. Um, and she just has such raw talent that, you know, raw talent that is gone. It's very, very sad. Um, and she's our, I guess, like, most recent icon. I consider her an icon. Um, Britain definitely considers her an icon. They mm -hmm. adore her. Um, let's see. Yes, I see So there is a ghost story about Miss Winehouse that goes along with Miss Winehouse. Um, I heard a couple of months ago on the radio, actually, um, that her father, whom she was very close to, she wrote a lot of songs about her connection to her dad. Mm -hmm. um, her most famous one, she talks about, if my daddy thinks I'm fine, I don't need to go to rehab. In rehab. <laughs> the song. The song rehab. Um, yeah. Do you want to read that one? Sure, I'll read that one. Okay. So this is from the... Uh, the British press, The Sun. The Sun, yes. That's what I was looking for. Over six years after the death of British singer... Amy Winehouse, her father claims that the artist's ghost often returns to the f in the form of a ghost or as a bird, like the one Winehouse had tattooed on her arm. Mitch Winehouse, her father, said in the interview that his daughter's spirit visits the family's home in Kent. Her spirit comes and sits on the end of my bed. She just sits there and looks just like her with her beautiful face and she looks at me and she just looks at me. 
I say to her, are you all right? Because I get nervous with her being there. Mm. But it's comforting in a way to know she's here and around me. Um, Soulful Singer died of alcohol poisoning. Her father in London, a cab driver, began the Amy Winehouse Foundation to support those struggling with drug and alcohol abuse in the memory of his daughter's memory. (laughs) (laughs) In his daughter's memory. Um, (laughs) Winehouse said that his daughter, daughter's spirit visits most often around her birthday and that soon after she died, the singer began to visit her parents in the form of a blackbird. September 14th of Virgo. Yep. I share that with her. Yeah. Um, I, I had heard that and just thought like, oh my God. For him to like come out and say that is kind of just really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally believe him. It's her father. You know, there's, I don't think there's any reason for her father to lie. I think that would be ridiculous and horrible if, you, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not something a parent would do after they yeah. lost their child, I yeah. think. Um, unless they were going through psychosis. But I mean, like this was six years after she died. So I don't think that that would be happening. Yeah. Um, And I think it's really cute that she also visits her dad in the form of a blackbird. You know, like I think he probably just gets this feeling that it's her, Mm -hmm. you know, I think maybe we've all had those, feelings of loved ones visiting us in a form and you just you just kind of know you just have this feeling of knowing that they're there and mm-hmm. they're watching over and i just think that's so sad that all of these incredible talents died so young um you know they died before they could really experience the rest of their lives you know but in the same way i mean they lived incredible lives yeah their names have gone down in history they have live fast die young not a great motto but it's not but i mean (laughs) that's absolutely what they did you know like they they'd seen the world they you know got to put out their music they in some cases started a family just like kurt yeah um and we're you know it seems like the other ones seemed like jimmy was gonna he was with his longtime girlfriend and, you know, they had an apartment together and, you know, maybe they were in his favorite place. Yeah. And, you know, Jim Morrison, he was chasing all those women. (laughs) Well, Jim Morrison had a longtime girlfriend too. I know, but Robert Johnson was chasing all those women and living how he wanted to after he finally made it. Johnson. Yep. Jim Morrison with his girlfriend in his favorite place you know Jimi hendrix was, li- his was living with his girlfriend and in, in, in his, his favorite, favorite place. place and you know they experienced a lot they two of them played woodstock yeah you know i don't really know where janice was in in her life when she died but she had experienced she's seen she, the world i'm sure too yeah i'm sure she had i think she was actually friends with both Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix. And oh, that makes they'd sense. All, yeah, they'd all experienced so many things. So, I mean, it, it's not necessarily the length of the years. It's it's the years in the life, you know. Yeah. 
just sad they were gone so soon. Gone so soon, yeah. Because it's like, what could what, what could they, could they, they have done? done, and like, what else could they have experienced? In just like another ten years. Yeah, but at the same time, it, it's it's kind of comforting to know that they experienced so much, so much, yeah, yeah, and had done so much with their lives. Um, yeah, so I think that's it on the Twenty Seven Club. Um, we are gonna go over to Kate now for the ghosts of famous musicians. Just for fun. Just for a little Richardson giggles. Yeah. They're not in the twenty seven club, but you know. If you wanna look up the twenty seven club, there is a huge list of other people there, that are lesser known. Yeah. I so mean don't I think can, it's just those few. Yeah, I mean um, I can I can just read some of them off right now. Um oh, we forgot Jean-Michel Basquiat, who was a musician and an artist. He was more well-known as an artist in the 80s. He was incredible. (laughs) I mean, he was friends with Andy Warhol. Um, He had done so much with his life as well. Um, One of the newest ones, though, and I'm going to butcher this name, Kim Jong-yun. He's from a K-pop band. Um, he was a singer and vocalist of boy group Shani. Um, he recently committed suicide by burning coal in his apartment studio. Um, he was rushed to the hospital in a state of cardiac arrest, but was pronounced dead at the hospital, unfortunately. Um, and that, I think that happened last year. I think that happened last summer. That one's really recent. That one's super recent. Jeremy Michael Ward. Um, another one of, you know... Courtney loves contacts. Um, the bass player for her band Hole um, was found dead in her apartment from an overdose by a friend June 16th, 1994, um, which is two months after Kurt had died. I think, yeah. you know, that would have rocked Courtney's world. Uh, her name was Kristen Faff. I don't know how to say it. I think it's Faf. Faf. Um, Beautiful woman. Um, But if, you know, if Courtney didn't do it, like, her her world was really shaken. Yeah. By the loss of her soon-to-be ex-husband and probably one of her best friends because band members are, you know, like, that's kind of your family. Yeah. Uh, Sean McCabe, who was a singer, um, Ink and Dagger. I don't know them very well, but he also died from asphyxiation and choking on his own vomit. Mm-hmm. He died August 28th, 2000. Um, Jeremy Michael Ward. Um, Mia Zapata. She was the singer of the punk band, The Gits. Um, she was unfortunately murdered. Um, I, I kind of remember that she was beaten, raped, strangled, and left dead on the streets of Seattle. Horrible, horrible. I am. Um, I think, um, Helen High Horror did an episode on her, hmm. um, John Michelle Basquiat right there. Uh, he died. He also died of a heroin overdose on August 12th, 1988 in an apartment whose streets were lined with crack addicts. He tried to sober up only months before, but was discovered on the floor in a pool of his own vomit and several bloody, bloody syringes in the bathroom. Um, Ricky Edwards, 
Manic Street Preachers, guitar player. Um, Richie Edwards. Yeah. Linda Jones, soul singer, who started her career at the age of six. She died in 1972. Mm -hmm. Rito Santana. Oh, my God. This was, like, this year. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know who that is. Kidney Peter, problems? Peter Ham. Badfinger. I mean, there there are so many people. Um, there was one who was an original member of the Rolling Stones. He was like the original singer. Oh. Um, and it's kind of sad that he didn't, you know, he wasn't an icon like the rest of the band. But, um, you know. The Drifters. Wow. So many, so many. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Grateful Dead. Ron Pigpen. Ken? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go over to Famous Ghosts. Ah. Ah. Our first famous ghost, Elvis Presley. Woo! What a ladies' man. Woo! And what a great cheesy movie star. A hunk of hunk of burning love. <laughs> That's you. what he is. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. So he's said to haunt various locations. Um, people say they have seen him in a recording studio in Tennessee. Old RCA. Um, they reported hearing weird noises coming out of sound equipment, lights blowing out, objects being moved, and the apparition of the king himself. Wow. Yeah. He just can't quit recording. He's got too many things to say still. Hmm. Um, the room 1016 of the Knickerbocker Hotel in Hollywood. I guess that's where he used to stay when he filmed movies. Hmm. Um. Staff and visitors have attributed, um, they've experienced eerily cold temperatures of the room and they just think it's the king. Hmm. Graceland, Memphis, of course, Graceland. It's, it's his house, yeah. Yeah, you just, that's where he was all the time. Um, there's a couple photos online, I guess, that you can look up of Elvis looking out of a window in his house. We might have to post those too. We can look at those. We have to look at that. Um, people have seen him in Las Vegas Hilton, um, in the penthouse and the basement where he was, um, used to hang out with his band. In the elevator, he used to avoid screaming fans. I think that's hilarious. I love that. <laughs> that's great. Um, in the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, um, that's where his daughter claims that she's heard her father, um, well, after a performance at the theater, she went to her dressing room, but the door was stuck and she could not get it open. Suddenly, she heard the distant laugh of her father and the door opened. Wow. I like that. Lisa Marie Presley, who I think was married to um, Nicolas Cage. She might have been. That sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm yeah, not I sure. Yeah, I think she was briefly married to Nicolas Cage. And he was like, 
just being a fan of Elvis doesn't make you uh, qualified to. <laughs> peanuts. Yeah, peanuts voice. Yeah, doesn't make you qualified to be married to his daughter. Blah blah. blah. I don't know. He's he's a weird <laughs> fucker. <laughs> weird guy. Um, Whitney Houston. No, oh, Whitney Houston. <gasps> The bond between child and parent can sometimes be complicated, but not broken by death. Whitney Houston passed away when her daughter, Bobby Christina, was only 19. In an interview with Oprah, Bobby Christina said, throughout the, whole, the, throughout the house, lights turn on and off. And I'm like, Mom, what are you doing? I can still laugh with her and still talk to her. I can hear her voice telling me, keep moving, baby, I've got you. I can always feel her with her, with me. It's really sad because Bobby Christina also died. Yeah, she did. She committed suicide, I think. Um, and then they attributed that to um, her losing her mother. She just couldn't handle it. Yeah. It's sad. Oh, this one's my favorite. Mr. Don Lennon. Don Lennon. <laughs> He's been seen around the Dakota in Manhattan, his home and site of his death in 1980. Three years after his death, Joey Harrow, musician, and Amanda Moores, a writer, spotted Lennon near the location he was shot. Oh, my God. He was surrounded by an eerie light. They were going to approach him, but the look on his face seemed to say, don't come near me. Yoko Ono, his wife. I, I don't know if I needed to even say that. I think everyone kind of knew that. Thank you. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> also reported seeing Lennon sitting at a white piano at the Dakota. He said to her, don't be afraid. I'm still with you. Side note, before his death, John Lennon reported seeing crying lady roaming the halls of the Dakota. Apparently it has quite the haunted history. Hmm. Yeah, I... Um, this podcast is haunted. Um, talked about that, and I just thought that was so sad. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, Very sad. Oh, um, another number of encounters happened with his old bandmates in 1995. George Harrison, Ringo Starr, and Paul McCartney were in the studio recording "Free as a Bird." McCartney commented that he felt John Lennon's presence in the room. There were a lot of strange goings on in the studio, noises that shouldn't have been, and equipment doing all manner of weird things. Later, during a photo shoot for the album, a white peacock appeared from a neighboring yard. McCartney felt this was the spirit of John Lennon coming to hang out and complete the album. He may have even made his presence known on the album itself. According to McCartney, we put out one of those spoof backwards recordings on the end of the single for a laugh to give all those Beatles nuts something to do. <laughs> then we were listening to fin the finished single in the studio one night and it gets to the end and it goes, Z -Z John Lennon, I swear to God. I've actually heard the EVP. If you want to hear the EVP, I'm sure you can find it online. You can also hear it in the John Lennon episode of this podcast is haunted. They talked about it and I heard this story and just got chills. Like I just thought it was so beautiful and it's so sad. 
Ooh, yeah. Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. The historic hotel, Chelsea, in New York has been temporary home for many creative thinkers, artists, musicians, writers, designers, since the beginning. Since being built in the 1880s, they list a bunch of other people. You can look it up. Um, oh, but it's so cool! All right, Tennessee Williams, Mark Twain, Andy Warhol, Janis Joplin. <gasps> yeah, Janis Joplin, Leonard Cohen. <gasps> yeah, Jack, Jack Kerouac, Frank Zappa, Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix. <gasps> Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan, and many more. There have been several notable deaths. At this location too, Bob Thomas. I think Bob Dylan's still alive, Kate. It just said deaths, notable deaths at this location. Poet Dylan Thomas. Um, writer Charles Jackson and Nancy Spungen. I don't know who that is. Um, Nancy was the figure of a 1970s punk rock scene and the girlfriend of Sex Pistols. Okay. Um. She was his lover and girlfriend. Oh, Nancy Spung it. Okay. Yeah. Um, their relationship was full of excess drug use and domestic abuse. So when she was found stabbed to death at the Chelsea, many believe Sid killed Nancy. He was arrested and charged with second degree murder, but died of an overdose while out on bail. Sid and Nancy are both said to haunt the Chelsea in particular. People have seen Sid in the elevator. Good God. I think I had heard something about that. I, I didn't remember before we read that, though. That's creepy. Murder. Rock and roll. And <laughs> The 27 Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I Yeah, I think that's it for... That's it for today. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Ghosts, rock and roll, and death. Oh, and murder. <laughs> murder. I Can't forget murder. the murder. <laughs> All right. Well, if you are listening to this podcast, thank you so much for listening. Um, Let us know what you think. Yeah. Rate, review, subscribe to our many platforms we are now on. Um, we're on Anchor, obviously. Um, we are on SoundCloud. We are on... Uh, Instagram. We are on Instagram. Yes, we are. Um, I am rocketgirl112 on Instagram. That's my personal page. Um, we're also on Instagram as our own Twisted Sisters podcast. Um, yeah. We're our own little thing there. Um, this is produced by me and Kate. Um, we're noobs at it. Um, but we really love doing this for you guys. Um, I'm really sad that Kate's going home today, but Me we too. got to put out some things. Um, on Friday the 13th. On Friday the 13th, nonetheless. Um, so go enjoy your tattoo specials and go enjoy the traffic that's not there because people are nervous and scared. And Yeah, a lot of people tend to not actually drive yeah. on Friday the 13th. I yeah. thought that was an interesting fact. So go enjoy the world while other people... Sit at home and are just like, mm. <laughs> I bet the airport's gonna be like empty today. I hope so. I mean, I'm just really, I'm really not a fan of most people. So, yeah, if people good. could not be at the airport today, that would be great. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. Don't show up to the airport. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, you can reach us through our Instagram at Twisted Sisters Podcast. And if you have any spooky stories or comments, questions, etc., um, complaints, complaints, yeah, we'll take those too. I guess as long as they're constructive. Yeah, constructive criticism. We'll take that. Um, you can send that to our Twisted Sisters Podcast at gmail.com. All right, this is Kylie and Kate signing off. Peace out, home slice. Keep it twisted.